I was having lunch with Krista before this and just talking about how, or kind of curious about like, is this kind of new in your world? Is this a new study in your world? Because I feel like intuitively as humans, we might've been like feeling this, you know, as we tried to nourish ourselves or maybe just were eating and had the effects mentally, emotionally, but didn't really connect the dots. So I'm just mm-hmm. curious in your in your world of science, of mm-hmm. uh, more Western medicine, whether this is like revolutionary and how it's been received. Mm. It's definitely more uh, a more nascent field. Uh, nutritional psychiatry is new. And to be honest, I don't think most psychiatrists are practicing this way. Mm. But also the science around the gut microbiome, which is younger and only uh, close to one to two decades in terms of hardcore scientific data, has really helped to bring forward the information about the food-mood connection and the gut-brain connection, upon which nutritional psychiatry is based. You know, it's interesting because in Ayurvedic terms, they don't talk about nutrition, they talk about nourishment. And I think that that really speaks to your question because... Intuitively, as humans, I think that we've known or we feel better when we eat certain ways. But very few people make that connection to the mind. We often think about uh, how we eat in terms of our waistline or the number on a scale or type 2 diabetes, family hypertension, but we're not connecting it to mental health. And I think that that is where it's powerful to understand that there's so much power at the end of our fork and that we can control it. It's such an autonomous process. So I'm, I'm hoping more people will, will want to do this mm-hmm. and, and join, join my mission. What was your journey to this? Were you in medical school? Like, were you studying psychiatry? What was that moment and journey where you were like, okay, this is what I want to do? It came early on. Uh, there were two two aha moments, so to speak. One was early on in my career as a very junior resident, a patient came in and kind of yelled at me for causing him to gain weight. And I knew from the data I was looking at and the visits on my screen that I could review that I hadn't caused him to gain weight, even though I did prescribe an SSRI, which we know one of the side effects is weight gain. But it had been too short a time and he'd read the side effects and was blaming me. So... I was definitely timid and I said to him, tell me, Bill, what, you know, what, what did you put in that 20-ounce Dunkin' Donuts coffee that you're drinking? Because, of course, it's a favorite in Boston. <laughs> and as he told me, I was able to enter on the computer what, what it was. And I'm not much of a calorie counter, but this was, for me, an easy way to explain something to him. And I said, you know, from that quarter cup of processed creamer, which kind of has junk in it, and eight teaspoons of sugar, which you don't realize because someone else is adding those number of packets for you, you're consuming this number of calories every day. And I bet this is even before you've eaten your breakfast. And he said, yes, you know, this is what I drink every single day. But his eyes lit up because when I showed him the empty calories, he saw something he could change. And, you know, that was one of my, my first, I would say, my first aha moment because I saw that he could see and he felt and could see an action step. He could see something that he could do and he was in control. So we then worked together to adjust, make small tweaks to what he was doing and had a long-term therapeutic relationship where he didn't need a higher dose of the Prozac. He, over time, was able to include lifestyle measures and exercise more, eat healthier, and eventually lost some weight. 
So it was a great lesson to me in how powerful it was to interpret information back to a patient. And without that knowledge, because most doctors, one in five medical schools, teach enough nutrition in this country. Some schools do better than others, but, you know, it seemed to me, why aren't we talking about this, especially when I'm prescribing medications that are impacting weight and metabolic health? My second aha moment was when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was facing my first chemotherapy treatment. And for the first time in my journey, I was feeling tremulous and anxious. And this was a new feeling for me. And I had already started and founded my clinic at Mass General in Nutritional Psychiatry. And I thought, you know, part of the fear was I knew the side effects that I was facing. And on the morning of my first treatment, it dawned on me, why am I not doing what I tell my patients to do every single day? Why am I not leaning into what I know? Mm. And that's when I just upped everything I was doing in terms of my diet, and my nutrition. And every single week, my doctors would say to me, what are you eating? What, are you, what did you bring for lunch for your chemotherapy appointment? Because they saw me tolerate the side effects so well by how I was eating, how I was approaching it, and by paying attention to certain nutrients, the time of day I was eating, making sure that I was nourishing my body. And so it unexpectedly was another lesson for me that this is a very powerful tool for people mm. to have. I'm actually so curious what that looked like when you were doing chemotherapy and what you were eating and the time of day and why that mattered. I made sure that I was always well-nourished throughout the day. And in other words, you know, chemotherapy can make you feel nauseous. It can give you many different feelings. And I made sure that I went in, you know, you start super early in the morning. And I would make sure that I had my, my favorite, something my grandmother taught me how to make, which was my golden chai. So always something with turmeric, pinch of black pepper to activate it. Um, some form of milk that I had. Usually it was either almond or coconut, a drop of honey, uh, something that was very warming and soothing, but also hydration. I would make sure I had a glass of cool water, not cold, not ice cold, but just cool water with a piece of lemon. And then I would make sure that I had a nutritious breakfast. So for me, it was either a tofu omelet, but with lots of veggies in it so that I didn't go to my appointment and start that IV hungry. And that was important. Um, on days that I need needed blood tests before my chemo, I would just take that with me and eat it later. And then for lunch, you know, you really should make your own food at home when you're in chemotherapy. And even though the cafeteria at the hospital was great, you really are su it suggested that you don't eat anything there. So I'd take myself a really big nourishing salad, make sure that I had enough protein, a dressing with, you know, olive oil, nothing that different or special, but I really made sure that these were absolute components of my day. I'd have healthy snacks, a piece of fruit, some blueberries, or a piece of extra dark chocolate. So I really incorporated brain foods in a very active way. And then for dinner, um, either something like a cauliflower steak, but I'd incorporate my spices because I have a deep connection to spices. I know from Ayurveda how healing they can be. I love the, the taste and flavor. So I'd have like a cauliflower steak with some veggies on the side or some. make sure I had some lentils or legumes. Some of the recipes in my book, for example, the lentil or the dal with spinach is, is something I would eat a lot of because it was nourishing. It had folate. It had all of the fiber I needed. So it would be variations of those meals, but I think that keeping myself well-nourished, hydrated, eating regularly, and keeping the meal simple 
and with spices that were very soothing to my mind and body were really key. In other words, I found the simpler I went, the better it was for me. How often do you see this? Because it seems like there's such a correlation to Ayurveda. And have you found that within your work that a lot of the principles in Ayurveda are tested and are proven by science and your work? You know, I think the, the fields are sort of separate, right? So I'm not a practicing Ayurvedic practitioner, but I know some of the principles. And I definitely think there's this overlap. I think that what nutritional psychiatry has done is through the science behind the gut microbiome, we've been able to show that there's a real impact on what you eat and the impact on the gut microbes. And they are such a huge component of our system. So I can't say, well, Ayurveda speaks to many principles around spices, foods being warm and timing and things like that. I feel like what the gut microbiome has done and the science behind it is it complements these sciences. For example, you know, Chinese medicine, for that matter, has also for eons been speaking about various principles that are holistic and integrated. I feel like all of this is now coming together. Uh, you know, when I was um, still in training, an example of this is um, Herbert Benson brought forth the mind-body medicine clinic at Mass General. And it used to be a very small center that uh, talked about mindfulness and the connection of the body, mind, and spirit. And it has now grown to one of the most popular clinical services at Mass General. He passed recently and, you know, it's been funded by the Red Sox Foundation and others. They've trained clinicians all over the world in mind-body medicine practice. I think everything has a trajectory and a time. And I feel that that's where we were at early on in mm. nutritional psychiatry, bringing together other fields that have actually taught people different principles, but we kind of bringing it forward in an integrated way. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.